Good evening, and if you're just tuning in, you're listening to 105.3 and 107.7 to UFO Paranormal Radio Network, otherwise known as United Public Radio Network, or just UPRN, we like to call it, out of the beautiful city of New Orleans, and I'm the host of this show, The Angel Rock. If you've never been here before, welcome, and I see we've got some returning people already, Z Sun Dragon, or Kevin, as we call him. A little bit about myself, I'm a Canadian clairvoyant medium. I'm also a Crystal Reiki energy healer, Akashic Records practitioner, spiritual teacher, and mentor. I am a budding animal communicator, a registered nurse, and well-versed actually in the paranormal and it wasn't by choice, and near-death experiences. I have studied them for over 40 years professionally and personally, as well as I had one as a toddler. I'm going to introduce my amazing guest in just one second. You know, I always start the show with a few housekeeping things. So if you like what you see here, please like, share, and subscribe. This network's been around for over 25 years, and there's something for everybody here. We have multiple hosts streaming seven days a week here uh, with different shows, and when we're not live, the archive server randomly picks some of our great content from over the last 25 years. So yeah, let your friends and family know all about it. We'd love to have you here. Also, I am the co-host of our second show I started here uh, just a year ago on Thursday nights with my good friend and amazing medium and angel channel, David Hansel, and it's called The Thing at the Foot of the Bed. Again, Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Both of these shows are audience participative, and do not forget that this network has a TV channel. We are on Roku. So the easiest way to find our network is to go to the channel store on Roku. You're going to type in UFO space P as in paranormal. There's a drop down list. We're about the third or fourth one down and you're looking for UFO space paranormal and United Public Radio. And guess what folks? Not only do I stream the thing at the foot of the bed on Thursday nights on our network channel, this month, I'm giving it a try for the Angel Rock. So we are on there this month. So you guys got to share it and let people watch it. You know, we always have great guests and great content. Um, I won't go into the Facebook stuff, but if you're on Facebook and you come up as Facebook user, I'm going to highlight you in the left-hand corner just so you know, and I'll tell you how to take that away so we can tell who you are and, and address you when you become part of the conversation. Um, if you want to join in the conversation, we've got Michelle here, I see. She's getting ready, I bet, for work over in Australia. It's Tuesday morning over there. Where you need to go is UFO, Paranormal, and United Public Radio on Facebook and or YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel, which is The Angel Rock with Laura Lee Potvin. We are streaming, like I said, on Roku. We are also on Instagram. I'm giving that a try this month to see how that goes. It's new with StreamYard. Also, we are on Candace Most Haunted. So check us out and become part of the conversation. All right, on to my amazing and very patient guest. Give me one second, gotta grab a quick drink here. So I have an amazing guest here by the name of David Gagan. Gagan, Gagan, you told me Gagan, you told me how to say it properly before the show. <laughs> Um, he's received a BA in mathematics as, and a bachelor's of science and master's degrees in electrical engineering. He spent 16 years designing and managing flight control systems, avionics, and cockpits for the Boeing company. He then joined the U.S. government's senior executive service, where he spent nine years in various directors positions, director positions. 
for the U.S. Army's and NASA's electronic research laboratories. For the last 16 years of his business career, he was the CEO of Cobham, I hope I said that right, Cobham Defense Electronic Systems, or CDES Corp., a company he founded and grew into the world's leading defense microwave corporation. He was the first employee, and at his retirement, CDES had over 3,500 employees and a billion dollars in annual revenue. That is really impressive. However, throughout his business career, he spent his spare time seeking answer, answers to questions like, who am I? Where am I and why am I here? The view of science that the universe was an accident and life had no meaning made no sense to him. We live in a highly complex world and he felt that there was no chance that it happened coincidentally. He was raised an Episcopalian, but even as a teenager questioned the validity of the Christian beliefs. He studied all the great religions in an attempt to learn their source. He found that their original principles were strikingly similar, they sure are, despite being created thousands of years apart and in different parts of the world. However, today their founding principles are usually overlooked and their original tenets are difficult to discern. Philosophy seemed like a fertile source of wisdom, so he started with ancient Greeks like Plato and Pythagoras and worked his way up to Emerson. And there's a reason why I'm reading this very long, illustrious background, because it kind of gives you a feel for the amount of knowledge I know our guest is going to have. Um, he then studied Eastern philosophies, which offered excellent insights, but he did uh, did not provide the answers he was seeking. Curiously, it seemed the older the philosophy, the more enlightened it was. He concluded that neither religion, science, nor philosophy could provide a rational view of reality, so he started examining extrasensory per, um, perception, or I would call it ESP. After sifting through realms of information, a, a consistent pattern of wisdom began to emerge and separate itself from the rest of the documentation. After retiring from the business world, he wrote The Endless Journey, a metaphysical book on the nature of reality, and subsequently was a guest on over 25 radio shows. He created and for two years hosted the Common Sense Spirituality Show. This is a weekly show, and it averaged, I would say, over a quarter million downloads each month. Um, the show exposed him to a group of fascinating guests who were leaders in the metaphysical world. He does have a website, which contains about 80 of his radio programs. And he also did a weekly podcast called Aspects of Spirituality. Later, he founded and still hosts the Sanibel metaphysical meetup group where he gives regular metaphysical presentations to lo um, local audiences. After a lifetime of study, not only did the multitude of uh, disparate information begin to make sense, it turned out to be a truly good news story. He always had the feeling that truth would be positive, but the answers he found far exceeded his wildest dreams. And he's here to discuss his new book, Our, Our Eternal Existence, A Metaphysical Perspective of Reality. Welcome, David. Wow. And I thought I had a long while. <laughs> 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 I'm amazed you went through all of that. I don't normally, but you know what? I do my homework, as you know, being a host yourself from, from previous radio shows. And I thought it was important for the discussion we're going to have tonight. And before I do every show, I always tell people I don't meet my guests till just before they come on the show. Also, um, I leave it up to spirit collectively. Where are we going with this? And I think we're going to have a fascinating conversation with your background. So welcome. 
Um, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me on. Well, I'm We got to thank Gavin. Gavin, oh, Gavin Lee Davies always sends the best audience or um, guests to me. Sorry, my light's dying on me here. That's a sign already. Um, he sends me the best guests and I trust him implicitly. I have worked with Gavin for years and he has never sent me anything but a fascinating human being that comes on my show. And I think you are going to be one too. So welcome. Thank you. Oh, let's see. I'm going to go through the comments quickly here. Of course you do, Kevin. That wouldn't be weird. I'm going to go through here quickly. So we've got Michelle, like I said, everybody's saying hi to each other. And then Sandra Sharp's here. Welcome. Um, but Kevin said he heard growling. Hmm. Interesting. We'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, sometimes we do get EVPs on our shows here, so you never know. Um, now, Michelle made a comment here, which I think is important common sense that's a rare thing and it truly is Michelle I have uh, my partner one of his friends he always says he's very book smart but he has, hasn't got a lick of common sense um, he said uh, Michelle said she thought your mic was a bit close so I think it sounds fine but let you guys let us know I think it sounds fine David okay um, um and then Kevin says, oh, something is alive. Let's hope not. So, David, wow, what a swing from your background in science. And I really appreciate that. Never mind, my partner was in electrical engineering at one time. Um, I have a bachelor's of science nursing uh, degree. And then to be in the fields that we are, was there like one instance that kind of got you there? Or you just kept asking yourself these questions we, that I read in your bio and thought, I need to take a look at this. Yeah, there wasn't one thing. Uh, my, my my father, he was an avid reader, and he used to read uh, things like Velikovsky and uh, Worlds in Collision and things like this when I was a teenager. And he'd give me the book, and he'd say, hey, read, read this. And I'd read it. And he said, what do you think? And I'd say, I don't have a clue. And, and, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and after a while, I started realizing that, wait a minute, you know, this is interesting stuff. But nobody's teaching this this in, uh, in you know in in school. Agreed. So uh, you know I started wondering what was going on, and then uh, you know I had to go make a living. So I uh, went to college and ended up an electrical engineer after bouncing around a bit. And uh, but but I was always fascinated by you know what's going on. You know I I, I remember sitting in uh, in in church when I was about fifteen, looking around and seeing the beautiful stained glass windows and the, and the uh, robes on the uh, minister and such and thinking, I don't know what the answer is, but this probably isn't it. So I kept, so I, so I kept looking and, uh, and, and uh, I, I did a lot of things in the business world and I traveled a lot and I was in a lot of hotel rooms and I was on a lot of airplanes and a lot of airports. So I had a lot of time uh, on my hands to do research. So I was able to do that while while I was uh, while I was working and then I hit a point where I thought well you know I've I've, I've done this and uh, I was about ready to uh, leave I wanted to write a book and uh, it took me a solid six months I'd say to get the business world out of my my head before I could take uh, put pen to paper and uh, and start so it basically, you know, it was it, it. Metaphysics has been my passion. I didn't know it was metaphysics that, you know, when I started out having the passion, I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't know the answer. I'd find, so I just kind of pursued it, and you know, the uh, the spiritual world, if you will, kind of led me uh, led me along the path. 
Okay, so for somebody listening, um, oh, so wait, I'm going to see, sorry, before I ask it, Kevin says, well, Laura Lee was reading David's bio. Hey, David, Kevin says, he says hello to you. But for people Hi, listening, because it's not just going to be people in the spirituality sector, re, you know, listening or watching the replay, what is metaphysics? Because a lot of people don't know what that means. Yeah, they don't. Uh, meta means beyond. And uh, so metaphysics means beyond the physical world, which basically says, you know, it includes the physical world, but it includes religion, includes philosophy, philosophy includes ESP. Basically, all information that you can think of would be tossed into the pot of, uh, of metaphysics. And, and in my view, I see spirituality very differently than, than most of the uh, people that uh, are heavily into uh, any religion. Uh, I, I look at metaphysics and spirituality as the same thing because we're basically, we're spirits. We're spirits having a, a physical experience. So everything we do is spiritual. So you could look at it from that. And you know, if you look at metaphysics and say, hey, this this includes everything that happens. It's not just what we see and feel from our uh, five outer senses, but it's everything. So that's basically what, what metaphysics is. It's, a, it's another view of reality if you will i i agree with you because i was forced i always say probably went to catholic or you know catholic church from the day i was conceived and forced to go to catholic school forced to go to mass and i was forced because i really saw and i'm not crapping on anybody's belief system out there and i always say if you feel you need religion you go for it. Whatever works in your world, it's not my job to judge. But for me, I just, I never got anything out of it, especially Catholic Church, because it's always the same thing. Up, down, sit down, stand up, kneel, sit down, stand up. And the same thing in school. I mean, it just, there was nothing I could take from that for myself and, and make it into a valid part of my life. Um, so same as the paranormal, that's what I even lump all of this in with. And even the paranormal, and I'm love, I love that you broke down the word metaphysics the way that you did, because that's what the paranormal is. People think it's like everything's a demon and what they see on TV. No, the paranormal, as you well know, just means anything that falls, uh, that wouldn't fall within the norm. Now, being a nurse, when I was in university, I was always taught, we never use the word normal when we're charting because everybody's norm is different. But I would say, I would think anyways, that it would sort of fall into anything that as a group, people would sort of deem the norm. And um, I love the metaphysics, like you said, the way you've described it. But what did you do with this once you got into this? Like, where did you go with this path? So you said you took about six months till you kind of fell away from the corporate world. And then what led you on your journey further? Well, I, I, you know, I had all these ideas in my head. And uh, if you ever, uh, you, you start out with a blank piece of paper and you say, what do I believe? That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to try to document for myself what I believed. How did it all fit together? I had so many inputs. And, and set strong beliefs. And I thought, okay, let's see if we can put it on a piece of paper so you can understand me, I could understand it, uh, what, you know, what, what I believed and where it led me. So I wasn't trying to do it for anybody else. I wasn't trying to, uh, I wasn't really trying to write a book to even publish. I didn't think, I didn't even know if I was gonna publish it or not. 
right. it was just a, uh, it was just a, I mean, I was fascinated with the topic, so I just said, okay, let's put it, let's put it down. And then, uh, uh, you know, I did publish it, and then after I published it, <clears throat> I was wondering, well, what am I going to do? And then, uh, you know, I was on a bunch of these radio shows, and and then somebody said, you know, one of the uh, guys that ran a radio station said, well, why don't why don't you have a radio show on my on my uh, on my station? So I thought, all right, I'll do that. So so I did that for a couple years, and uh, and that was a lot of work because I uh, uh, I would pick the topic, and then I would have to find somebody who uh, I felt was an expert that could talk about it, and therefore you have to find somebody. Generally, you don't know the people, so. You have to find somebody that wrote a book or something along that line to be able to find out who that person is. And then I'd read the book and uh, people would give me questions and I'd never follow the questions. I would always uh, make up my own. So, you know, what I thought was interesting. And uh, and so I did that. I did that until um, uh, I, I did that until my wife died. She helped me a lot. And, and yeah, it was unfortunate and it was sudden, very sudden. And um, and then it just became too much work. So I said, OK, I won't do that anymore. And then I and, and then I met a lot of interesting people. Uh, I got a lot of different views on the world and uh, from the radio show and from other things. And so I thought, well, I'll um, let me let me put a, let me put another book together. And this one will be fairly comprehensive. And that's what I did. I, I love it. And as I'm talking to you here, it's interesting. It sounds like you, that's what I do with my show. And when I, I've, I just sort of said it this year, I've been doing radio for a long time, never planned on doing it either. I wasn't even going to say yes. I'm glad that I did because I love it. But um, so somebody's listening to this, say way over in Russia right now, they speak English well, they've never heard of metaphysics. And they think, well, why would I want to buy your book or how would this fit into my little tiny life over on the other side of the world? Why would they want to do that? What, what, what our eternal existence does is it, it explains who you are and why you're here. And, and, and it explains the life that you're living. Mm -hmm. and this is a complicated place and we live in an illusion. And uh, Plato told us that, and Einstein told us that, uh, and uh, and to understand what that illusion is and what it means, it is is uh, uh, is not that easy. And and I, I I knew it was an illusion only because of the people that you know the the people that went before me, but I couldn't understand what it really meant. Why, why, you know, but you know it's here, it's real, but it's not as it appears to be. And so, you know, it, what I do is I explain one, what, you know, what the world's all about, what you're doing here, why you're here, and also why you have the problems that you do. And everybody <laughs> has problems, right? Everybody has problems in life. That's why we're here. And, uh, and, and what we don't re realize is that we cause our own problems. We make our own problems. And, you know, a lot of people think that they're a victim. Well, they're only a victim of their their poor decisions that they made along the way. And you don't realize that we're doing this to ourselves. And so in the book, I explain that. I explain how it works. And I also give, uh, uh, give some uh, ideas on how you can change that and, and how you can change really any aspect of your life. And that not only you can change it, 
but nobody else can change it for you. You're the only one that has the capability to change your life. And until you realize that, it'll never change. You know, we have a tendency, we blame it on our, our spouse, our life, or our, our, the government, or, you know, the, the nasty guy at work, or the boss, or whatever. And uh, we don't realize that we're doing it to ourselves. And once we realize this, then we can do something about it. And if they read our eternal existence, they can start to see that the, the world is not, uh, uh, you know, as it appears to be and that they have far more control over their world than they can possibly imagine. Can you elaborate, like Michelle says, we are, are the only driver of this life, and I agree. And I do agree with you that we create our own problems. I agree that we are here for a purpose, every single one of us. And I believe there's a lineup to come here because this is one of the most difficult places to come. This is one of the most, um, the reason why it's difficult, but there's so much room here to um, learn for our souls to grow and evolve for many, many things like that. But people don't realize that we don't pick our whole life, but we do pick why we come here. We have a whole team with us that can support us. I always tell people, whether you feel alone or not, you're never, ever alone. And we've been blessed with many tools, I think, even as a roadmap to help us along the way. But I think you touched on the key point here that we have to get to that awakening to realize that no, nobody else caused this. And I think that's almost part of what my my mission is here. And I don't say that egotistically, but is to, if people are open to it and it resonates, to recognize how incredibly powerful we are as human beings. The power of our mind, the power of our thoughts, the power of our words that you said, we are the only ones that can make the change. And, you know, most people can't wrap their minds around it because you said something earlier that I've been saying a long time that I hope I live to see the day where school, from the day a child is born, that we start teaching some of these concepts and things. Imagine what a different world we, we live in, we would live in. What do you think about that? Uh, one, I think you're absolutely right. I think uh, the world would be so different. What what we are brought up with is no ethics at all. I mean, we get a little bit from our parents and such like that. But but if you if you follow science and and a lot of people do, uh, they believe in the Big Bang theory. And the Big Bang theory says this is all a big accident. Well, if you buy into the fact that it's an accident, you you have no reason for anything. And, and of course, it's not an accident. And then, and, and, and so we need, we need guidance, we need help. The church used to be able to do it, but at least to the best extent that they could, but they've kind of in too many places lost their way. So we really don't, we really don't have a, a, an ethical standard that, uh, that we teach our young, young uh, people. And I, I think, that, that ethics ought to be a course that starts when you're about two, goes right through high school, uh, just as important as math and reading and spelling. Mm -hmm. I think each, each uh, discipline, uh, medicine, uh, uh, engineering, uh, uh, legal, ought to have their own set of specific ethical training. Because what happens is these people, they're good people. They get out there. 
and they go through college and they get all this background and understanding and then they get thrown into the real world and all of a sudden these problems appear and they have to make instantaneous decisions when they don't have the background to do that and so that's a that's a serious serious problem that and and then once you start making some bad decisions sometimes you get caught and now you've got to defend those bad decisions. So you make other bad decisions that are even worse. And then, you know, you can, you can see where you could get off track pretty, uh, pretty easily. So I agree with you 100% that we need to do some serious training uh, uh, for our young people so that they can, they can begin to understand who they are. And, and once you realize that, that, you know, you know, if if you knew the impact that you had on other people, you would bend over backwards to be nice to other people because, you know, what what goes around comes around. And you need to, uh, you know, you need to stop worrying so much about how they treat you and worry far more about how you treat them. And the world would be a very different place. I, I agree with you. And we've had this conversation many times on air and oh. off air. And I think you know, that we are eternal energy, if you will, souls, beings, whatever people want to call us. We are having a human experience in this lifetime. We have a multitude of lifetimes. But the other part is to 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 recognize, like, I agree with the ethics. And one thing I've been, I've just, not that I put it together, but I've been saying it off air, not on air, is, you know, we can go to school for whatever we want. You being an engineer, say me being a nurse. Yeah, we're going to get the basics that we need. I did have some ethics training actually in university. I'm very grateful for it because sometimes there's some hard decisions on paper to make. But I think you cannot go wrong if you lead with love and you lead with thinking of the higher purpose of why you're here, service to others rather than service to self, right? And I'm not being judgmental. There's some people choose that path. That path. I always think the further we get away from why we're here, the more difficult life becomes, right? It's almost like the universe roadblocks trying to gently kind of steer you. Not that they would ever force you because I believe we do have free will here. But I think that that's an indicator because I can't tell you how many people with working with them, whether they come for some intuitive guidance or um, teaching or even healing, almost 99% of people will say to me, I have no idea why I'm here. I feel like I'm at a real crossroads. I, I need some guidance as to know where to go or what to do. But my whole point is where I was going with this big, long sentence is you can get the book learning, right? But then you almost have to toss that book out the window because they never teach you what life is really like. Not that they can encompass all of life, but I'll take from my own profession. Yeah, I learned what the human body was and how it interacted and what disease processes and what have you. But they don't really teach you about what it's like. It experiences the best teachers where I'm going with this and it never really matches the book I have found. What do you think about that? I, I agree. You, you know, we're here to have experiences and that's the whole purpose of it. And they're psychological experience. That's what we are. The physical, the physical facts around us are, uh, are, are really the, the tools that we use to have these psychological experiences. And that's why we're here. And you can't get it from reading a book. You can get guidance. You can get, 
you know, you can, it can help you understand certainly, certainly what's going on, but you have to have the experiences. You have to go through it. And that's why we're here. And that's why, you know, that's why uh, our, our soul took the time and effort to build this vehicle that we call a body to allow us to have these, these experiences because the soul can't have them in other places and other ways as well as it can here. But uh, yeah, this is a very uh, difficult life. I think, uh, I think this is, uh, we chose this. A lot of people say, well, you know, why was I here? Well, you're here because you chose it. I always and said, I wish I would have read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> well, on our bad day, we were saying, you know, what, what was I thinking? But, uh, but, um, but that was, uh, yeah, there's no question about it. And I think that this is a, this is a shortcut, a supposed possible shortcut in our evolution. We say, okay, we didn't have to come here. We could have taken an easier path, but we chose to come here because we can learn so much in such a short period of time. And therefore, you know, the, the more you evolve, the better life is, the better existence, I should say, not life is. The better existence is, the more interesting things you can be involved with. So we're, we're you know, our purpose in, in, in existence is to evolve. And, and we chose to try to evolve a little quicker than uh, in other places. And uh, we're, uh, you know, some days we're paying the price for it, but we're learning every time, every experience, everything that happens to us is a learning experience. As mundane as it may seem, I mean, keeping a budget, uh, you know, going to the store and deciding what to, you know, what to buy. All of these things, you know, we, we just take them for granted, but every minuscule thing that we do is a, is a learning thing that expands our consciousness and expands uh, the uh, the point in our evolution that we're at. No, I, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, with having studied near-death experiences quite a bit and um, looking at people that have had the opportunity of what they would label a life review and some of the biggest revelations people have shared is you know they thought some of the big monumental things that they had done you know that really did a big thing for a lot of people and don't get me wrong of course you know that was you go through that but what people forget is or don't recognize or realize without taking a good look at this is a life review is not a punishment, right? It's to, and I know you know this, but for our listeners, you know, it's to take a look at what did people experience also from your actions and you get to actually feel that from their perspective. And some, a lot of people have shared that the little things, and I'm going on what you said, you have no idea how, what, how one person can affect the effect he he or she has on so many people and quite a few people have said things like holding that door open for that elderly person you know going through the door and then you get to see what that effect had on their life and they said well that was nothing to you it was nothing it was huge to this person right so my theory is that and again, there's no right or wrong answers because I believe this is one of the most difficult places to come. I call it Earth School. And we come in here, most of us with spiritual amnesia, I call it, because we don't remember our previous lives. We don't remember why we're here. We come mm -hmm. in these dense, heavy, fragile bodies that are absolutely miraculous. 
And um, yeah, there's a potential for so much learning. And, you know, to come here and even experience the depth and breadth of emotions that, you know, you, when you start looking into if people are open to other life besides just human beings on earth here or over on the other side, I call it home, there's nothing but love over there, right? And so there's many different experiences that we can have here. Another theory I have, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is I, I almost have met people, I think myself included, and I'm not coming from a victim perspective, but people that have lived multiple lives, not just here on earth, but in different places, they seem to be the ones that have a lot on their plate growing up. It's almost like the soul knows that they're going to be able to handle this one way or another. And I, again, I don't mean to make that sound egotistical, but I have met very few people. See, even in this field or looking at this kind of stuff that have had this incredible, wonderful, easy life. And don't get me wrong. Life is what you make it. This is why we're having this conversation that we really do have a lot more control than what we think we do. But I don't know. It's been a theory of mine that the more lives people have, it seems like they get a little bit more on their plate that they've chosen. Nobody's chosen it for you. We've chosen it. See, I, I, I agree with that. Uh, the older we get, uh, spiritually older, uh, the more we're able to handle and the more we try to deal with. The, uh, uh, the oldest spirits... Um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, Shepherd Hoodwin is a, is a, uh, a good guy to, to uh, go through because uh, he, he works with the entity, Michael. And, and he, can, he can tell you how, uh, how, uh, how old you are, how old your, your soul is, if you will, in this particular round and how many rounds we've had. And uh, the, more you, uh, the more advanced you are, the more you're liable to take on some very, yes. very difficult tasks. You know, some of these people that, uh, you know, that have a are born with serious physical issues, they chose that. And, and, it's, and, you know, they chose it because that's what their soul wanted to experience. And they, uh, as part of their soul, said, okay, you know, let's, let's go do that one. And, and you're not going to get that from somebody who is just starting out in an you know, infant early, early stage of, uh, of this life. And, and so the more complicated people are, probably the older the soul is and the, the more different the experiences that that soul wants to, uh, wants to have. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, I, like I say, I never know where our conversations are going to go. But I, when I saw your, what you'd written in your book, I went, oh, wow, I can't wait to have David on because <laughs> the, the topics that were covered and what Gavin had said, I went, this is right up my alley. And I was smiling while you were talking with people that have chosen a more difficult life because I have an adult son with severe, severe autism. And I know, obviously, that he's chosen this life. He's chosen mom and dad and, you know, the people in his life. But um, I always say, you know, sometimes autism can suck, but there's a lot of gifts in it too, right? And I think that's the whole thing about life, that even when I look at my own, and I always say, you know, I try to be a positive person. I'm not faking it. I really do try to put positive energy out and live my life that way. 
but I'm not running around with rainbows in my front yard and, you know, unicorns pooping all over the place and whatever. My point is everybody has problems. Like you said, a difficult life. But when I look back after some time has passed and I look at that difficult situation and I think it could be really helpful for humanity. And again, I'm not trying to sound egotistical to anybody listening to this, but if we could just step back and, and say, what did I learn from this? And also take a look at what, like, for example, I lost my house. It wasn't that I wasn't paying my mortgage or anything. And it's a long story. That was four years ago. And it was one a very difficult time, obviously. But my whole point is here I am four years later and I'm in a place that I love. I have, do I own this place? No. But then I look at, try and look on the bright side, right? Something breaks I don't have to pay for it, right? <laughs> or I, my neighbors, my neighbors were so horrible. In the last place I lived, it didn't matter what we did. Oh my gosh, the people in this neighborhood and all over this neighborhood, just beautiful people. And I don't think it's because we've changed our perspective or anything. I'm just looking back and thinking, would I have moved had this not happened? Probably not. It was almost like I had a little push from the universe, right? And I had to make a decision. And I'm in a better place than I was four years ago. So that's what I'm getting with this. If we could just really look at the big picture, I think, and try and ask ourselves, what have we learned from what we've gone through? Would you agree or would you have some different advice maybe for people listening? No, I agree. I, I agree 100 percent. You know, we, we think uh, of synchronicity and we think that that's, uh, you know, that's just uh, dumb luck. And it and it's coincidence. not. What, yeah, coincidence. Well, it's not coincidence at all. What it is, is our is our inner self, our soul, if you will, setting up uh, uh, experiences and and uh, um, leading us towards other experiences. And, and so, you know, we, we, you know, you, you got to kind of follow your way, but these things that we, that we have trouble with, like your house, uh, I live on a, an Island, a barrier Island. And I got hit with a hurricane uh, oh, a year wow. ago and, uh, uh, wiped out, uh, the bottom of my house. And uh, I spent a year putting it back together again. The island's still not back together again. Wow. But I have no doubt I signed up for this. And at this stage, I, uh, uh, you know, my, my house is back together again and I'm functioning and it has been for a while. Uh, and, but, you know, the, these things that we, we, we sign up for this stuff so that, we'll, so that we'll have some kind of experience. And we don't know what those experiences are going to be. But, but we learn from these experiences. And, and the best way to do it is to just, you know, just say, hey, this, you know, this is, this is what I got to deal with. Uh, I must have thought this was a good idea at the time. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I just have to deal with it. And there you go. And then, you know, you just, you just move on. You just, you know, you forget about it. You forget about, you know, a lot of times we have problems with somebody, say, at work. Say, it's the boss, you know, and it's driving us crazy. Well, 
it's highly likely that that boss could well be your best friend in the spiritual world. And, and, and you said, Hey, I need a jerk down here to help me out. So, so I can have a certain experience. And they said, well, I don't really feel like being a jerk, Dave, but I'll come down and be a jerk. And cause I think I can learn from being a jerk. So it will, it will do me good and it will do you good. And by golly, I'm going to come down. So, so what you need, do give and forget you just you know you have these problems you have an issue with somebody you deal with it and then you move on you don't you don't hold a grudge you don't feel poorly about people you know it's funny when you when you just meet somebody um and you have a good vibe about them then they're probably a close friend of yours in the spiritual world if you have a negative vibe they still could be a close friend but then you can probably figure there's a there's a lesson there's an experience here that I've got to deal with, and um, all I can do is head, head into it and move on. So you know we we uh, you know we have these you know these these circumstances and and the, the life that we live, and we just need to we need to take it you know a lot less personally than we do. You know we got to we have to do it, but we you know. Well, you know, holding grudges and, and uh, you know, and, and thinking bad things about people isn't doing us any good. It's a negative world uh, that we're creating for ourselves, And we don't have to do that. We, we don't have to make that the world so negative. In, in the astral plane where we go when, when, when we're not when we're not here having a, a life uh, mm-hmm. and, and where we're waiting to create another life, you know, there's, there's no negative energy there. So we come down here so we can experience that negative energy and all, all of these emotions, uh, we're learning from these emotions, but, but we, can, we, can, we can let them get the best of us if we're not careful. And, and you know, take it, accept it. Yeah, you're not gonna love everybody, but don't don't hate anybody either you know just just move on it's easier said than done for people oh. and i don't again this sounds so difficult to people listening and no. it's not meant to sound that way it's the fact that once you start to dig into these concepts no. and perspectives or you buy david's book his <laughs> books for a starting place you start to look and and start to look for for answers for example I found out something recently, something I'm going to be 59 in this coming August. So when I was four years old, something horrific that should never happen to a child happened to me. And when I did, I, I, I always think there's always healing to be done. I was working with a very powerful shamanic practitioner. I'm going to give her a shout out. She usually pops in here, but her name is Julie Jean Bassett. And it was so devastating at the time to discover this I'd already known anyways it was just sort of confirmation that I couldn't finish the session we were doing I did complete it the next day but what had happened was I was sharing it with my partner and he he kept interjecting this and interjecting that I said listen I, I don't need you to fix it I just need you to listen to me and at the end of it he asked me a question and this was the ultimate question he said what do you want to do with this And I just realized, what do I want to do with this? I have a choice. And I realized it came up now because I believe everything is in divine timing because it was meant to be released. It was meant to let be let go. And then the other thing I realized is what this person had done to me as a child, this was their human form 
there was a reason why this all happened. But my point I, I was able to, to see is this is not who they are as a soul. And we are all a part of each other. So by hanging on to, and I could have, to anger and horrible thoughts and, and grudges and all kinds of things, by being able to step back from that, I was able to let it go. So I guess where I'm going with this by sharing this is, how could people start to do that or understand or even use your book? Because we are all a part of each other. And once we realize, and I say we go back home, we really are everything on this planet, everything in this universe, we are all part of each other. So it's like when you do something nasty to someone else, you're really just doing it to yourself. That, that, that's exactly right. And, I, and I'll tell you, there's, there, it, there's nothing more difficult than changing your beliefs and changing your thoughts. But that's what you really need to do. And it's, but, it, you know, I'm, I, I don't want to make it sound, sound simple. And, and, and I think what you do is, is you look at the toughest part of your life. And, and, and you don't try to solve everything at once. You just do it a piece at a time. And you say, okay, this is the biggest problem that I'd like to deal with. And then you start looking at your beliefs and start seeing which one of your beliefs are self-limiting. And, and it's the self-limiting beliefs that are, that are giving you your problems. So the, you pick your worst problem and then start And fear. And fear. fear is, uh, <laughs> is all part of it. But fear is one of your beliefs. Fear is just another another one of your of your self-limiting beliefs. And so what you need to do is you need to look at look at yourself and look at, you know, how you look at things and say, well, wait, wait a minute. You know, maybe I, I'm causing this. And I and I think that's that's the advantage of our eternal existence. My book is because it it, it helps you see who you are. You still have to fix it. But if you can realize what's going on around you, it's, it, it, it's, it's the first step. It's not, it won't solve your problems. This book of mine will not solve your problems. You'll have to solve your problem. But it'll help you see that you can do it. It's, it's, it's within your power to do it. And, and it's only within your power to do it. And a lot of the problems that are, you're causing yourself, you're not realizing you're causing it. It's not even other people. Some of the sicknesses that you get are to tell you, baby, slow down. You know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing things that are wrong. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta relax. You gotta stop being, uh, uh, you know, as uh, you know, you're driving your body crazy. And, and, and there's other things where if you if you uh, are thinking that well you know my my both my parents had this cancer and I'm surely going to get it and and you and you and you concentrate on that and you and you and you read books about it or you you read articles about it and you listen to it on the radio and or in the television and the television says well you know if you coughed last night you probably have cancer and all of a sudden you're thinking about it again and you bring it to you you don't you you will draw that to you uh, if you if you concentrate on it because your inner self is giving you the experience that it thinks you want and the things that it thinks you want are what you think about what you expect what's way deep down not the, not the superficial stuff but the stuff that's way deep down inside you and so so it says okay if that's the experience uh, you know you want to have I'm going to let you have it 
So if you believe that you'll be poor all your life, by golly, there's not much you can do about it because you know every investment that you make, everything you do, your soul will make sure that you're poor all your life because it thinks that's what you want. Now the soul has already said, you know, this is what I would like you to have. It sets up a pre-life plan, says these are the experience that I, I think we ought to have. And you say, fine. But then you forget about those and you go off and you start having your life and the soul it can't control you and it's and it's it wants you it will encourage you to have the the pre-life plan experiences but it won't force you to have them you'll have the experience that you want at the time or the soul thinks you want so we bring a lot of this stuff on ourselves, and and you know we we don't have to have a lot of the experiences that we do it's just that we get caught up and in life and various things because we don't really understand what's going on. Nobody, for example, has a pre-life plan to be a terrorist. You know, that's that's not that's not part of it. But if things don't go well for you and you can see, you know, you you're 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 taught the wrong things when you're young and you're you know, you're you're in a difficult place, you know, this and that this and that you can see somebody having trouble and and a criminal you know we 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 don't come here to be criminals but you can see that it gets off you know you can if things go bad enough for you get, get off off track so if you understand what's going on you you can start getting yourself back on track but you need to you need to realize that this is a controllable situation it's not just the world's you know, out of control, and I don't know what's happening. And and sadly, a lot of people feel that way. And 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 if they can just realize that that's, you know, they don't have to feel that way. They can start straightening it out. But don't try to fix everything at once. I mean, if you're having a tough life, just pick the pick the worst thing for you know things that's bugging you the most, and start saying, okay, how how is that? How am I making that happen? How have I drawn that to me? And start start working on it a piece at a time. For people, though, and I always say this myself, and I think that once you start to open this doorway to metaphysics, if you will, and you start to recognize a lot of these things and many more that we're talking about, that it's always so easy as an outsider to see what the issue is when someone's going through it, that maybe you care about, you love, maybe a friend. It doesn't matter who it is, right? But the problem is it's very difficult as human beings holding that mirror up to our own faces and, and taking a look in the mirror and saying, how did, you know, what part did I play in this? What part? You know, or even like when you were saying about somebody that maybe we don't like, and I love that you brought up that it might be your best friend over back, I call it back home. But the thing is, is that the other way I take that, it might be, I find when I don't care for someone, there's very few people I don't care for. I really do love people and animals. But the thing is, when there's something that just irks me, that's a reminder to me, if you will, that what are they what are they mirroring to me that maybe I need to take a look at within myself or you know what I'm saying so where I'm going with this is how because we we all run into people I'm sure you have too that say well I'm at a crossroads I don't know why I'm here I don't know what I want to do I don't know what you know they really feel lost and so how do we get people on that on that path that come to 
for guidance besides like again and i'm going to say it buying your book or books like yours but how do you help people in the short term is what i'm saying because it is hard for people to look at that mirror and say most people can admit they're wrong well it's very hard and and generally what you what you don't like about somebody else is a characteristic that you don't like about yourself and and that's hard to that's hard to own up to but you can yeah i mean it's it, it, that's it's not that's not impossible at all you you know if you look at them and you say okay there's 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 something about me that i don't like and i see that in that person and you don't recognize that you you just don't like them because it, it internally it bothers you that you've got that fault or that issue that you don't want to deal with or personality and, trade uh, even that, or... exactly exactly whatever whatever it happens to be yeah that person has is showing something to you that that makes you feel very uncomfortable because you're I- internally you know that that's that's something that you have to deal with personally yourself not this person and and so that's very hard to do but but I mean, there's nothing harder than changing your beliefs. Uh, you know, nothing nothing harder than that. It takes a lot of honesty, I think, and courage because that's you know, like like I've never understood, and I'm not pointing fingers or being judgmental. Again, I know you would know this, David, but anybody listening out there that's hearing this, is it? You know, where was I going? Because I'm losing my train of thought here. I've got so many thoughts going through. I know what it is about. I've never understood why people have such a hard time admitting if they they were wrong, or or you know just to say I'm sorry. I I've never understood that. Is is it's, it? It's an it's an image that we project in the world. We're not honest with the world at all. Nobody's honest with the world. We, well, we, we wear masks. We, we, wear we, masks. we wear masks, and 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 it's and and what we. Uh, you know, we we don't like to own up to the fact that maybe, you know, behind the mask, there's a problem and there's an issue. So because it, 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 it hurts our self-esteem that we've created for ourselves, our image that we've done. Very hard to do. Very hard to do. But it's hard for everybody to do. But that, uh, you know, if it if it becomes a problem where it becomes a problem, then you have to deal with it. I got to ask you this, this just came into my mind. I have been seeing this and maybe it's because I've been saying it out loud. This is what I'm getting and receiving, but looking at the world today, especially in the developing worlds, I almost feel like we're in an epidemic of narcissism. It's service to self. And then, you know, even I wasn't looking for this, but it sort of showed up in, uh, you know, I'm always either reading or listening to something or whatever. And it was a bunch of teachers, different videos on YouTube about what they're seeing with these small children. And I, I hate labels, but they call them, I guess, Gen Alpha or something. And they're having these four and five year old little children who have been told, you are so special and so unique and to really celebrate that which isn't a bad thing but children who are going to school and saying i don't have to listen to you you're not my mother i am so special i don't have to do this and i don't know what the answer is but that kind of scares me a little bit for the future 
I don't know what's your thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, you know, the, I I agree with you. How we how we handle our children is uh, is is a very difficult task. I think this is I think society, it's very difficult. I think the biggest problem is is we see things in this social networks and and such that you know maybe we hadn't in the past life. I, I don't think that our world is worse. I think our world is better. I think it's continuously getting better. I think the problem is that the issues are 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 getting blown up and they're and they're they're in our face every time we turn on the news, every time we read a newspaper, okay. every time, you know, and then and then that seems to be what people want to talk around about the water cooler. And so it's it's always in our face. All I'm so problems. glad I asked you this and you've given this perspective. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think it is getting better too. I, I don't think there's any question about it. We're, we're the world is evolving, and if and uh, uh, the entity Michael said that uh, uh, what I asked him, he said the uh, uh, there's no more infant souls coming coming onto our planet. Our planet is tough enough as it is. There, uh, the people that are, are uh, that are incarnating now. Are, have been here before, and and everybody is getting older. The age of of uh, the humans on this planet is is maturing, and that's a positive sign. Because if we were all old souls, the world would not be the way it is. And and but it takes it takes a while. It takes time. You know, you have a life, and then you learn a lot from that life, and then you learn more when you're when you're between lives, and then you come back a little bit wiser. And everybody's doing this, so uh, you know things are things are getting better. But it just you just wouldn't know it, you know. You didn't have to live during the uh, the Black Plague. You didn't have to. Mm -hmm. you well, know, maybe you, we did. Maybe we well, did. well, we probably did, but mm -hmm. we not we're not now. And mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I think we absolutely did. I think we had all those tough times. Mm -hmm. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we've gone through a whole bunch. You know yeah. what? I have to agree with you. I had to ask you about it because I, I these are things that I see people talking about, like you said, around the water cool, cooler. Everything is magnified with social media. Uh, we, were, we shared our paranormal story, actually, on the Travel Channel's Paranormal Survivor. Do I, I believe I had that experience. Yes, I chose it before we came into this. I came into this lifetime. But um, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now had I not had that experience. So I always say I wouldn't wish it on a blade of grass. Not that I'm any better than a blade of grass, even, never mind a human being. But I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I, I learned so much, met so many people, have had so many incredible experiences because of it. So no, and then I'm able to take what I've learned from that experience and help other people that reach out and what have you. So I look at it as a positive experience. Going through it was a positive. No, but right. looking back and the same thing is that in the past, I believe that the only chance that human beings really took is when they faced adversity. You went through something really awful and you had a choice. Either I'm going to be in the victim mode. And again, I'm not judging if that was the experience you wanted to sign up for. Could be, right? 
or um, they did something with that experience. Many wonderful changes in the world have been made because of adversity. And I'd seen this recently, and I also work with two fellow intuitives, and we connect, as we call collectively, with spirit on the other side, including some scientists of past, I believe. And I think humanity, exactly what you just said, is evolving to the point that older souls are coming in now and that we've agreed as a whole that we don't have to go through pain in order to learn and grow. Have you run into that? Have you seen that? Or what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I think there's no question that, uh, you know, that, that we're learning that. I, I don't, we haven't learned it yet. You know, you, you, know, you, you want to know what suffering is and the purpose for suffering is, is to teach you not to suffer. And, and how do you not suffer? Is, is, that out, but it sounds so easy. <laughs> it, it does. And, but that's the purpose of it, you know, because, because it, brings it, to, it brings some decision you've made, whether you know it or not, to your attention. So, so you have to, you know, we go through these things. And, uh, you know, there is a lot of pain and suffering out there. But we're, we're learning slowly, ever so slowly, that you know, these are these are the mistakes. These are the bad decisions that we've made. You know, some of the things that are happening to us are, are karmic. In my last life, I was a, a Asian soldier that got blown away in the war. And that was a karmic life. And and, you know, so some lives are karmic and some some aren't. But, you know, I apparently learned a lot from that experience. And, and that's what we do. So some lives, you know, go fairly smoothly because you're trying to accomplish something. I mean, nobody's life goes really smoothly. I mean, everybody's got problems, but uh, some lives are, are smoother than others. And certainly if you're looking at it from the outside, somebody, you know, you look at somebody and say, boy, they probably have a really easy life. And you don't know that. You don't know that at all. And probably aren't having an easy life. It just looks that way from the outside. So yeah, we, you know, we, we do have, uh, you know, have these things that uh, that happen to us, and they're not accidents, uh, and they're learning experiences that are difficult. And the the only thing you can do is is just deal with what you've got at the time, and and move on. Don't don't dwell on it. Just deal with it. Whatever it is, if it's karmic, it will be what it will be. And if it's not karmic, then you can control it a lot more than, uh, you know, than, you know, because it's decisions that you're making now that you have more control over. So one of the questions I do want to ask you something you said earlier, and I thought it was very valid, is we all have limiting beliefs. But for people that don't realize that they have limiting beliefs or, and I always say this is never pointing the finger at parents, but children from the age of zero days old to about the age of seven are like little sponges and we absorb literally everything around us. So like I've grown up with money doesn't grow on trees or this and that. So I know those are some of my limiting beliefs that I absorb, not my parents' faults. It's just, I need, like, I'm starting to look at that because I've been able to make, for example, manifestation work in many parts of my life, but I know that there's still some limiting beliefs around abundance for myself. So I'm really looking at that. But how do people discover, say, 
some of their limiting mm -hmm. beliefs. Well, well, that's not that's not easy. I, I talk about it in our eternal existence. I was just going to ask you. I think you covered that. In your book. I, I did. And, and I call the, the those things that you're talking about now root assumptions. And okay. these are the things that that we just naturally believe because our parents told us, because the priest told us, because the doctor told us, because somebody, somebody, yes, yeah, somebody in authority, somebody that we we have great confidence told us that, and we say, okay, that's that's a that's a, a rude assumption, and and so we just believe that, and and that could be a problem, and they're very hard to. Uh, uh, to to uh, to change and but you have to you know you have to you have to really dissect what you believe you know the other things is that our core beliefs and those are the ones that we create and a lot of times we use our root assumptions to to generate our core beliefs and those are the things that we've rationed out uh, rationalized we've logically thought about them but you know like any like a software program garbage in garbage out and if and if you uh, you know if you've got the wrong fundamental assumption, then that you're going to create a a wrong belief, and and they're they're all the same, and they're very very difficult to uh, uh, to believe, but or to uh, to change, but they're changeable. They're changeable if you're if you're very honest with yourself, and you have to take it a piece at a time, and you have to you have to look at it and say okay. Uh, what's what's causing this thing? What 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 do I believe here? What you know? What 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 of you know? What what am I? And if you look at it with self-limiting, is the I think it's the easiest way to do it. You say you look at something, and you say, all right, I I I'm not good at this, or I you know this is going to happen, or these fundamental thing, anything that's going to limit you, is is a false belief, anything. Anything that's going to limit you is a false belief. So what you have to do is you have to look at yourself and take a piece of it at a time. You can't do it all at once. You can take a piece of your life at a time. You take the piece that's bothering you the most and say, okay, what, what do I believe that's limiting me about this, this particular circumstance? Is it, is it a, a, a disease that I happen to have? Is it, you know, whatever it happens to be, is it my job? I'm not capable of doing this. You know, I'm way over my head. You know, is it, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't fix my financial situation. It's just, I'm not good at this. You know, I, I, I can't dance. You know, I'm not a good dancer. You know, whatever it is that's bugging you, you know, you have to look at it and you have to realize that you're, you're causing this and you can change it. And you really have to try to understand what's limiting you and then realize that that's a false belief because you, there is nothing that limits you for anything. Nobody is limited on anything. Uh, but we, we think we are, and everybody thinks they are. I mean, there's nobody that doesn't think that they're not good at something or that they're limiting themselves on something. Some people, uh, you know, it gets farther out of hand than, you know, than others, but everybody gets caught up in limiting beliefs and self-limiting beliefs. And if you can just look at those and, you know, change those, uh, uh, you know, as, as best you can, it's a good place to start. 
I, I like the advice that you give because sometimes I'll say to people, like when we started this conversation, and I forget what, exactly what you had said about something about why am I here, and then you had mentioned I I think or I forget what how you had worded what you had, but I was thinking in the back of my mind, I think sometimes it would be easier about say, um, I, I wish I could remember the words you had said exactly at the beginning of the show, but it was why you were you'd started this journey. And you started to look at what are my beliefs? I think you said, I think that's what you said. What are my beliefs? I, and I was secret. I was thinking, I think it would almost be easier to write down. What do I not believe to be true? <laughs> and then that's, go from there. That's when I said that I was trying to start writing my first book and say, go. okay, what, you know, try to write down. I'd, I got all these thoughts in my head and I said, okay, what, you know, what do I believe? But, you know, how, how does this make that, any it sense? It was that. Okay. I was thinking as I'm talking, that's what you had said. And I thought right. in the back of my head when you said that, I thought, I think it almost, it would be easier for myself to write down what do I not believe to be true? What do I not believe? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a daunting task to uh, sit down and, uh, and do that for the first honesty time. You've encourage. That's the problem. You've really got to want it because I think that's what people don't understand. I think the biggest gift my father ever gave me was when uh, my brother and I were 15 months apart. And so I was barely eight years old. And so he would have been seven. And of course, the kids at school were that one of our childhood friends told everybody we were taken out of school for brain surgery for the week. <laughs> but my dad was a real follower of Og Mandino and, you know, Dale Carnegie and people like that. And he had taken us to a memory course for the whole week. And my brother who had AD, he still does, has ADHD, could not sit still, could care less about these things. I just like, just absorbed it like a sponge because I loved thing. I was reading textbooks at the age of six. Like I like stuff like that. But it was one of the biggest gifts he could have given me was because you still remember those things as a child because you're like a sponge, right? So I, I don't know what made me think of that, but I mean, it was the beliefs and the whole thing as we were talking. But, you know, if we can really look at that and again, I mean, nobody wants parenting advice from anybody that's not, you know what I mean? Like I never, I, I appreciate people's advice if I ask, but I didn't want, but I really hope, like I said, I can live to see the day where a lot of these changes happen. Like it's just the norm because we will live in a different world. But I wanted to ask you something else here. I just took a look down because I had your bio and I went, holy cow, this is an interesting question right up my alley. So who are the channeled entities to you, Seth and Michael, and how do they communicate to you? This is right up my alley. I'm super excited. I'm so glad I looked down. Thank you, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, these, uh, these entities are uh, groups of souls mm -hmm. that have uh, been on our planet and they've gone through their physical cycle and they've gone through the astral cycle where you go after, you know, when, when, when you die, you just transition to the astral uh, field and you go back and forth, back and forth. And when you're done that, uh, you do it in groups and you do it in groups of, of, of like a thousand, uh, a thousand souls at a time. And they take the, uh, the name of the last, uh, of the last soul that has the last life. So Michael uh, would just be the last, you know, 
the last guy that had a had a physical life in this entity was name would be Michael. But if you're talking to Michael, you don't you don't know who you're talking to. Talking I mean, to any one of the thousand could be talking to you, and and they communicate and they talk to each other and such like that. Uh, I, I, the easiest uh, one to uh, do for me is Michael because I use uh, Shepherd Hoodwin, and Shepherd is a fantastic uh, channel. How have I not heard of this person? I got to write I that down. I don't know. He's a he, he's a he's a neat guy. He's out in California, okay. and he's uh, uh, you know he's he, he's still doing it. He's not doing it as much as he used to. It he's, he's uh, it, it it takes a lot out of him, and he's not a young man. Uh, so, but he, uh, he has been a, a wonderful, a wonderful source of knowledge for me because it allows me to go and just ask questions. And he, and he used to say, say, Dave, uh, I haven't, I haven't talked to uh, Michael in, in a while, I talked to Shepard, but that's not Michael in a couple of years. And he used to say, Dave, I loved, I love it when you come because everybody else that comes to me, they want to know about themselves and you want to know about the universe. And he says it's fascinating to hear what Michael has to say about the universe, and it and it's very true. And so you can you you know and and so you have to use a channel unless you're a capable channel, and I'm not. Uh, so I have to use uh, I have to. Okay, use can I stop you there channel. for a second? Yes, you can. Stop you there for a second. Okay. So you just said I'm not. Just a thought, but I truly believe every human being is capable of this. Oh, I agree with that. No, I, I agree with that. No, no, I, I, I say I, I have not been successful to this point. I love it. So I, it's easy. But I, I agree with you. Everybody has a capability. Some uh, has it stronger than others. I agree. Just as in humanity, some of us have gifts in areas that others are more powerful in or better exactly. at. And plus, that what I just got from spirit was as we were talking. I got all excited and jumped in there. Sorry, but. It's easier for you to get the knowledge you desire and ask the questions you like to work through Shepherd to access Michael. Would I be would I be correct in saying that? Yes, it's easier okay. for me. It's okay. easier for me. And and you know, so there's a, there's a, there's a there's a, there's a number of you know ways you can do that. And you know, I, I tell you, get off the subject a little bit, but not much. Uh, it's. One of the problems that people have is they don't know that there's, you know, what happens at death. They don't know if there's a life after death and not. And I would say that anybody who has that question, uh, it's easy to determine and convince yourself that there's life after death because you can, it's easy to communicate with the spiritual world. And what you do, if you don't have uh, the, uh, feel comfortable with your capabilities, go to a, to a medium, maybe like yourself, and, and just say, uh, you know, you, you don't, you, you tell them who you are, and you tell them who you want to talk to, and, uh, and your relationship, and that's it. You just keep your keep. Your I don't want to know anything more. Why are you coming to see me? Who do you want to see? Yeah. I used to think I needed a picture. And most of us in this field will say less is more. Don't tell me all this stuff. And people want to tell me their whole. No, please do not tell me that. Because then what I receive, I know is coming from the other side. If you've told me it, 
I don't know if it's what you've told me because I know how powerful the mind can be. So just just give me the bare minimum is what I always say. Uh, I, I agree. And 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 so and you need to be contacting somebody that you are close to. It could be a spouse. It could be a parent. It could be a child. It could be a close friend. But it has to be somebody that you had a relationship, somebody that knows something. They One, that individual knows you need to believe that, that you're talking to them. So they will they will tell the medium thing things that only you would know. The medium wouldn't know it. And, and so you can easily convince yourself that that you are talking to that person and if you go to a medium and you walk away and you say i i i can't i'm not convinced then you've been at the wrong medium you then go try another medium but because some of them aren't aren't that as gifted as they advertise uh but you you know if you find a good medium and there's a lot of them out there you can convince yourself well once you realize what's going on one, you can ask them questions. Uh, when my wife, uh, when my wife uh, died, my youngest child, uh, neither one of my kids, my youngest child was is 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 psychic. She knew my, she knew something was going to happen to her mother, and uh, and so afterwards she learned how to do automatic writing, and uh, and and so she can only do automatic writing with her mother, but she can do it with her mother. So for me, uh, you know, when, when I have a problem, I go to my youngest daughter and once I, once I was, I had a leak in the roof and I couldn't find it, it saved my life. So I said, would you please, Chris, would you please go ask your mother where the leak is? And she comes back uh, a couple hours later and says, dad, it's between the wet bar and the fireplace uh, up on the roof and it's on the chimney. So I go up on the roof again and, you know, I'd been up there a hundred times, maybe more than that. And, and sure enough, there was this hairline crack that I'd never seen before. So you can get answers from the spiritual world once you are convinced that you're talking to uh, the person that you think you're talking to. So I would say that the, that the most important thing for people that are trying to find out what's going on in, in life and, and convince themselves that there is a spiritual world that uh, they go, they go and do this. They go and find a medium, and they and they go make it make it happen. It's easy to do. David, my co-host, he's he's in uh, I think he's in North Carolina. I always get if it's I'm positive it's North. It's not South Carolina, and he is that type of medium. He will be able to give you names, and he will be able to give you. I the biggest shock for me because mediumship is a newer one of my gifts. And it came from running into past patients. I had a, a set of twins. I worked in the NICU that were born premature, and it was a boy and a girl. And whenever we'd have babies in the back that were going to be sick, we called them the labor and delivery was in the back. We'd always pray that it would be a girl because boys are always sicker than girls. We had the theory that you could just have one man in a whole village of women. You could you could repopulate a city if you had to, right? Genetics or what it is. Anyways, this little boy was very ill. And then lo and behold, I worked out in the community. I did a lot of palliative care, whole bunch of stuff before I'd hurt my back. And I was off at this time and it was Christmas time. Uh, This is quite a few years ago. And I was at the Canadian version of Barnes and Noble. It's called uh, Chapters Indigo. 
and I ran into his mom. And um, I just loved his mom because I had ended up, like I say, looking after him in the community as well. And um, I heard, tell my mommy I love her. And then we got talking. And as I went to get up, give her a hug, I heard this. And then she told me that he had passed away. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but I already know. And then I told her what I had heard. And we had a good cry about it. And a couple of things like that happened that weekend. Surprisingly enough, with past patients, because I was no longer actively working in nursing. And so the biggest shock to me with mediumship, because I'm what you would call very clairaudient, I can hear spirit all day long. That's why sometimes like tonight when I said I'm losing my track here because I'm thinking, what am I going to talk to you about? I'm hearing spirit. I'm watching the chat. And um, but I found with mediumship and I do speak three languages, it's kind of like speaking a whole bunch of different languages because some spirit will speak to you. Some will send you a feeling. They might send you a smell. They may send you a color. They, it was such a shock for me because I think I was just expecting to always hear it. But we have to be open, I think, and flexible, right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would think most of it comes uh, telepathically. All of it does. Yeah. yeah. But... I've done a bit of a, a questionnaire with people. Now, David, my co-host, he says he actually hears a voice outside his left ear and he knows that that's his guide. I think Zamir that he works quite closely with. Whereas um, a lot of people, myself included, I hear it in my voice, but I know it's not me speaking because it's always said with almost said differently with nothing but love and either for my highest good or people that I'm working with. I know it's not how my inner voice, I would speak to myself. So I know that that's one of my guides, but my belief is that, you know, on earth here, we live in a duality, right? I always say perfect place for humanity would be perfectly connected to whatever people want to call it, the universe, the astral plane, whatever you want to call it. And to be very grounded, but we also have night. We have, uh, day we have light we have dark we have good and we have some not so good right because not everybody's running around with rainbows and unicorns and love and light in their hearts and everything's energy right <laughs> so um anyways my whole point is that's why or where i was going again losing my train of thought is that i believe that when you're connecting with a spirit or a collective that is meant in your highest good and from love, they're not going to purposely try to scare you or anything to that effect, right? I agree with that 100%, 100%. But there, you know, my mother was funny. She, I didn't realize it until she was really <laughs> quite old. She was a, she, she was communicating with her spirit guides by she was getting yes or no answers, mm -hmm. and and uh, she would get if it was yes, she'd get a tingle from the top of her head down to her toes. And if it was a no, she'd get nothing. So she was able to uh, communicate. And uh, I, th I thought it was kind of amazing. Well, spirit, though, I always tell people, like I, I had just done a reading uh, before the weekend. And it was every reading's always different. And this one in particular, um, we ended up talking about how to connect with spirit because they felt that they could before something had happened in their life and now they almost feel like it's been shut off. So we were talking about how to make that reconnection. And, you know, we actually ended up pulling some Oracle cards and going through them. 
and just I asked a bunch of questions like what do you see what do you hear what do you feel what do you smell and that's I don't think in this day and age especially when we're putting our attention and focus not everybody but a lot of people are on electronic devices that we're forgetting that our bodies will speak to us so will all our other senses we just have to be open to it and pay attention to it like your mom obviously had figured out for herself as well right right i agree with that i agree we're we're way too tied into the uh the mechanical stuff in in our world but, mm -hmm. you know as a as a as a population so Again, and I, I've seen that, you know, you've got some great questions. And like I said, I don't usually look at them, but there's so many places we could go, but we forget to, right? Because this is like a second language we speak most of our day, but not everybody does. So if somebody was listening to this and hearing about consciousness, they're going, what is consciousness? What is it? Well, well uh, consciousness is, is, is an attribute of energy. And there's there's only one thing that exists. There's only one substance, and it's conscious energy. energy. And that's it. <laughs> Nothing else exists except conscious energy. Mm -hmm. And conscious energy has taken every form that uh, that you can possibly imagine. Everything you see is is conscious. Uh, obviously, we're included in that. And and they, it joins together in a gestalt type of environment. And okay. for those of you that aren't familiar with gestalt, it's when two things join together, and 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 their sum capability is greater than the sum of the two, the n capability, combined capability, I should say. But in any case, uh, consciousness is an attribute of of energy, and energy has other attributes too. But consciousness is the big one. And 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 basically, that's what uh, you know. That's what everything is made from. And so everything is conscious, which is a little bit strange. Your house is conscious. Your your uh, your car is conscious. You know, an atom is conscious. You can't not be conscious. And consciousness is basically defined as being uh, uh, aware of yourself and aware of your surroundings. Now, you know, obviously. Your car isn't aware that it's in a garage, all right? But it's aware. As far as something. we know. As far as we yeah. know. <laughs> as far as we know. As far as I can tell. But the difference between us and, say, our car or this desk or this computer is intent. And you and I have intent. Uh, my car doesn't. My car doesn't want to turn into a Mercedes. It uh, it has no intent to become something. <laughs> It will. What will happen is the elements that make up the car will someday leave that car and go somewhere else and will, in time, form beings like you and I. Probably a long way away, but we were there too. We started out really tiny and really small. So we've been moving along probably for, throw out a number, a trillion years. I don't know. A huge amount of time. And we're in, so we, we are part of everything. So, so, you know, minerals are alive uh, and, and growing and evolving as our plants, as are the smaller animals, as are the bigger animals. And of course, when we're done with being, uh, having sentient souls and being part of humanity, we'll go on and continue to evolve. And maybe we'll become a star next time and go see if we can figure out how to, how to operate a star, which are, uh, to my understanding, very complex. Okay, so I got a question for you then. All right. Um, 
And I've often pondered this and had conversations with spirit about this. So just because as we evolve and grow and say the next lifetime we choose, and it may not be on this planet, it could be another planet, it could be anywhere, right? Because like, like you had said, this, it's sort of everything is consciousness or, or conscious energy. So if we could move forward, we could also move back in time because we're the ones that have created time as human beings because there is no time on the other side. The past, present, and future is happening at the same time, right? So could we not go back to a previous time? Maybe there's something we need to grow and learn from, say, when there wasn't as much technology or something. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, time, time, time only exists in, in this physical plane. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and, and it's, it's because space is not nothing. We think of space as nothing. Oh, space. now you're opening the can of worms. I really want to go there. I'm dying to hear this. <laughs> space, is a, space is a fabric. And space a fabric. A fabric. I've never heard that before. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm super excited. A fabric. i got to hear more. Okay. Space is a fabric. Mm -hmm. And and as such, it could it's it's a it's an energy field. We don't no, notice it as an energy field, but it is. And what and what it does is it is is it slows things down. It slows down the speed of light, just like water slows down that the speed of light. Sense. And glass slows down the speed of light. Well, so does this fabric of space. And because it slows it down, it gives us the illusion of time. So if okay. ma matter uh, is sponta uh, spontaneous, it will, it will form something instantaneously. It doesn't hear because, because things are slowed down. But if indeed we were outside of, of uh, this space, which we are in our dreams, by the way, our dreams, if you noticed, have... Uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, things form instantaneously, right? They can turn, your building can turn into a field and vice versa. One person can turn into another person and so on and so forth. Well, that's, that's a lot closer to where the cycle, the real psychological domain is outside of this, this uh, space-time continuum that we're in. So time doesn't really exist. So can you go back in time? Yeah, because it doesn't exist. What time is, we have what is known as uh, the spacious present. And the spacious present includes past, present, and future. It's okay. a very difficult concept to truly understand. I know. And I, I love talking about this kind of stuff. And then it makes my head spin. It, it <laughs> and it will make your audience spin if we go too far down this rabbit hole. Oh, I, we got some pretty brilliant people in the audience. Hi, Julie Jean Bassett and Kaysen. Kaysen's over in Sri Lanka. I knew that. So um, saying hi. We haven't got our whole usual crew here. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes they listen on the, the replay. But we got some really smart people here. But I've got a couple of friends too that that we've connected over dimensions and over you know time and the concept of it. Now, Julie Jean Bassett, and I talked about you early to earlier, Julie. Your ears must have been burning. <laughs> um, she says I've never heard of space as a fabric um, either. So what? Okay, so now I'm using my human brain here because to me, fabric is a woven thing of fibers, right? And of some sort. So have they defined what this fabric is that space is made of? Or 
No, it's just an ener- it's just an energy field. It's an part. It's, field. it's part of our reality. You know, a, a reality is is two things. One, energy has to be in a certain in a certain place in a certain form, like a confabulation, if you will, to create yeah. the things and, that we think are solid. And then and then you have to be able to sense it, and to to have a reality. So we have a physical reality here because. They, the energy is in a form that our five senses can, uh, uh, can, you know, can perceive. Now, if indeed our soul came here, our soul couldn't perceive this reality because it would perceive all the other energies. So it wouldn't be able to. So it creates this, this vehicle, and this vehicle is our body. And, and so we're able to perceive that. And all the all this energy is all the space is is just uh, another form of energy. I mean, you, you you could you could see it. I mean, you, you know you have air here, right? You can't see the air, but you know it's here because our scientists have uh, said, hey, we got some oxygen here and the nitrogen and and uh, and such. And, and so we're told that it's here. Reason. What's that? Our chests are moving up and down at a rhythmic rate for no reason, right? We know we need air or oxygen. Yeah, exactly. So, so just because we can't see this space uh, energy doesn't mean it's not here, but it is, and it gives us this unique reality, and 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 that's what we're here to experience. And so, time is part of that unique reality, mm-hmm. and 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 time is a creation. Of you know they they you know they say our our uh, you know we have space we're in space time dimension you know three three uh, three spaces and one time, well that's true that's what f- this physical reality is but there's millions of realities, and and so we're experiencing one and this one happens to have time in it, so but but look at Einstein what's Einstein tell you he says well if you go fast enough all of a sudden time disappears. And he's absolutely right. And then he says, of course, you can't go that fast because it would take an infinite force to push you that fast and that that can't exist. Well, that's that's also true, but he's assuming that you're within space. And as soon as you get out of space, which what is what happens when you die, when you go to some other other domain, then you don't have space to worry about. So time it doesn't exist then. Or time bending. And I'm trying, I'm searching my brain about this now. Um, I do connect with, with Albert sometimes. And uh, we have some interesting conversations. I'm hoping one of these days that maybe Tesla can pop in there as well. Boy, have I got questions for him too. But I've been seeing, I think I've seen this. I, I don't think that I got this in a meditation or a dream but time bending like people are bending time and i'm positive it now that i'm talking i think it was on mind valley there is somebody out there that is talking about bending time in the way that it's almost like creating more time to do more things in the same span of minutes and hours does that make sense to you have you heard of that before i have not heard of that no Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it you know, can't exist, but That's I'm, what I always I'm say, not just familiar I with, uh, <laughs> with, with bending of time. I, 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 I can, you know, you can shorten it and lengthen it. I haven't, I haven't heard about bending it. The, the other thing that I've been fascinated with is science looking at 
what they call the space. Well, I'm here. I am talking to an electrical engineer. I probably sound like a kinder, kindergartner, but the space in between atoms, they're saying that there's actually more of that than the atoms. Like, does that play a part with anything? Like, if they looked at that, is that what, how we started this interview about what we think is a reality basically is not really a reality, is it? Uh, it's a it's a reality. No, it's a reality. It's not the ultimate reality. It's the reality we happen to be in. We're in the physical reality, and that is what we see because that's what we perceive. That's why we're here. But but the space between the atom is indeed the fabric of space. Ooh, and so that's why Spirit kept reminding me to bring this up. It kept saying, "Talk <laughs> about that," and I'm going, "Well, I'm not just going to bring it up. Like, you know, when you have, you must understand this when you connect with with um, Shepherd and all this stuff. We have these conversations with Spirit as I'm talking right. to you. Please right. tell me more." <laughs> well, well, basically, you know, if if you know, the, the, our whole physical world is made from. Electromagnetic energy, not necessary, you know, because you know an atom has got a, you know, poles, you know, it's polar, it's you know, you know, you got electrical, uh, you know, positive and negative aspects of it, and and so that's what that's what really creates, uh, uh, you know, it creates the world that we see. Now, if you get small enough, you realize that uh, an electron that's flying around an atom uh, isn't really in one place. All you've got is a waveform, and and that waveform is is just has a higher concentration in one spot than another, but the but the energy of an electron and any other particle uh, is is distributed. It's a it's it's a wave, and that's why when you see quantum mechanics and you see oh, things, I was going to ask you that, and we're running out of time. I had so many questions for you from this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, quantum mechanics is a funny thing, you know, and we look at we look at it and we look at a particle and we say, OK, a particle in quantum mechanics can be a particle. Electron can be a particle or it can be a wave. And they've shown that in the laboratory. And 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 of course, light, you know, we think of light as a ray. Well, light can be a photon, you know. Well, we are no different. And we are consciousness can be individual or it can be a web-like and when we're not here we're in a conscious web that's what the universal consciousness is and so so we are part of that what are we doing here we're having an individual experience we're we're learning that we are an individual just like we are a wave we always feel ourselves as a wave when we're not here uh, but we're an individual and we'll always be an individual and we'll never stop being an individual. And we'll always have the memory of it being an individual, even though we also have a wave life function. So quantum mechanics really is just trying to, and, and scientists are struggling with it because they're looking at it from the physical world. But, you know, it's just a way of showing us that indeed the metaphys metaphysics is right that indeed everything is, uh, uh, you know, is as a, as a dual function and, uh, and, and we're no different. And the weird part is that we're no different. I have so many questions for you. I do. I hope you'll come back. I'm putting you on the spot here, David, but I'm hoping you'll come back on here because this has been fascinating. We have a lot of questions, but I knew that they were <laughs> going to be quick answers. 
So I'd love to have. I'd be happy to come back. Wow, because I'm just, I don't normally look, but because I had your bio open, I'm seeing some of these things. And there were some really good questions in here. That's usually why I don't look, because I want to just go with where the conversation flows, because I'd love to hear more too about, we didn't even touch on Seth, and I understand about the collective, because when I did the Akashic Records, can we deal with an individual on the other side, an ascended master or angels or whomever might be with the Akashic Records when we're accessing it? Absolutely. But you get one soul perspective. I, I should say individual. But as a collective, everybody puts all the energy into the answer. And I find we usually get a more holistic, well-rounded answer one of my friends i work closely with she was on here let's say the eighth yeah last week two of them are my closest friends leanne clark and debbie a anderson and debbie anderson last week was talking about her collective that she channels and she calls it the center of a and then sheila i always forget is it gillespie she's one of the been around the channeling circuit for a long time and she's got a collective there's a lot right so it's interesting that you gave the perspective where the name michael and seth came from yeah and and uh you know if you're gonna if you're really gonna get into the akashic records you really need to go through somebody in the either causal and it's a lot easier to reach the causal than it is the mental uh, uh fields because both of them uh, uh are are next to the in frequency and 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 intensity and such and next to the akashic records and akashic records are very very difficult uh, without some some help. If you're going to look at an individual's Akashic records, you can do that because we have within us our own set of Akashic records. Absolutely. And and that Akashic information, after we're we're done, all of our physical lives goes up to our essence, and our essence ends up uh, looking at that, comparing it to the other all the other uh, information that comes from its other souls. And then that gets transferred to the Akashic Records, where they integrate it into uh, into truth. I mean, the Akashic Akashic field is is a, a recording of everything that happened Absolutely. in uh, you know in, in in this universe. I oh my gosh, Kason just asked the best question. So I I really mean that, David. We're going to have to connect after this. I would love to have you because I'd love to hear more from you about your thoughts on the Akashic Records, because I worked with a mentor, um, still going through the second part of some of the stuff with my my course, but getting into, there's even like Akashic Records, people don't realize like for land and buildings, like everything you could possibly think of. I know you know that, but for people listening, right? So I, I, I've never heard someone talk about the cash just like you did so it'll be super cool to talk about this because i'm going to leave it with this because um hi kathy hanley little ruth kleber they popped in here didn't get a chance to say hi kason said how does and we'll have to save this for the next one because we've got literally two minutes um kason asked how does individual consciousness tie in with the fact that everything is one and separation is an illusion so i am literally going to screenshot that that comment <laughs> say david would you come back and talk about that some more well you know a lot of this stuff matter of fact i, I touch on all of this stuff in our eternal existence a metaphysical perspective of reality so if people are interested in this they i highly encourage them to read the book 
Uh, it's a, a very readable book, uh, but there's a lot in it. So you'll probably want to read it a couple of times. But if you read through once, then you can go back and hit the stuff that you're really interested in. Okay. And, uh, and, and so it's, uh, it's, a, uh, it's, it's not a hard book. There's just an awful lot in it. And, I love it. Where I'm going to leave that, just one sec, David, I want to tell people, how can they get a hold of you? Where okay. can they buy your books? DavidGagan.com is my website. And, that's, mm -hmm. and the best way to do it, if you want to get a hold of me personally, go to it. And there's a way that you can, e <coughs> excuse me, email me directly. It's I, an awesome website, you guys. I checked it out today. It's fantastic. Thank you. And uh, and I have, uh, I, I do, if you're ever in so South Florida, uh, I, I run a uh, Sanibel metaphysical meetup group. And um, it's free. I pay for it all. And uh, if anybody wants to come, they can. Uh, all you got to do is go to meetup.com. And uh, uh, you know, and and join the Sanibel metaphysic metaphysical group, and uh, then I tell you when when we're going to meet. And our next meetings, I think, uh, in two weeks. We've but, got people from all over the world here, though. So this is just if they're in Florida, I guess. They, they really, it's just if they're in Florida, they, you know, to do it because it's a personal thing. But if they ever travel down there, but you know, they have my book. They can get in touch with me, and um, I'd be more than happy to share anything with them as i say i uh, you know this is my passion this is what i do in life these days i'm retired and i just do this stuff i think you're fascinating but i knew you would be i when i as soon as i seen because gavin sends me a list of the new books and as soon as i'd seen this i went oh i gotta have david on <laughs> oh kathy hanley says that she's in kissimmee Oh really? Well, she's not that far. I guess depending how you. Kissimmee is. Uh, Kissimmee is going to take her about three and a half hours to get down here if she drives. But uh, she, you know, if she's she wants to come down and take a look at the area and happen to be here, she's welcome to come. And all she's got to do is get up on Meetup.com, join it because it's free, and uh, uh, she can come uh, come visit us. I'd there love to see go, her. Kathy. There you go, Kathy. Now, you guys, if you're enjoying the content, please stay tuned. We have the Horsefly Chronicles coming up next with Julianne Phillips here at CUSA. And that'll be on. Then you guys know I am going to be back Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. My good friend, David Hansel. We had our anniversary show last week. Um, also from the Angel Rock last week, I'm working on Debbie and Leanne, trying to find a time to have them back on, hopefully in March, but we're booking into the end of April already pretty well. So hopefully we'll get them back on. Then I'm going to talk to David afterwards and see if there's something we might be able to work out. So Kevin said, did not want to keep interrupting, but I heard that growling, snarling and breathing throughout entire show, but only when Laura Lee spoke, not hearing it when David spoke. Spirit kept telling me to share. Okay, well, I'll go back and have a listen, see what it is. The dog's in here, but she's not snoring. We don't have anything at our house, I can tell you that. <laughs> Anyways. Maybe, maybe it is my microphone. You never know. Maybe I have had EVPs. I've had strange stuff. I have actually, it's quite a story with the paranormal that we went through and a lot of physical stuff and crazy, crazy, crazy story. Um, it was quite dark and um but like I say, I know about energy and protection and not from a place of fear, but my whole point is, and then we get into things like I even have um, angels as if you know about this stuff and 
dragons, good dragons. Now, I probably sound crazy to half the world hearing that, but that's another discussion for another time. So you guys hang in there. Join us on Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with David. We're going to have something fun to talk about. And we, you guys know we always, we could plan a whole show. And if you guys have something else to talk about or you want to ask, we're going to pivot. Uh, Kevin just said, great show and great guest. Thank you. Uh, want to send you all so much love and light. So much gratitude to David. And again, I'd love to continue this conversation with him. Go check out his books, you guys, especially his new one. A lot of the questions you asked. Yes, Kason, I did screenshot. I did screenshot your question. <laughs> and then lastly, uh, Kevin says, good to know. But it was all it wasn't when you were speaking. He said, I'll go back through and have a listen. Anyways, y'all hang in there. Stay tuned for the horse fight chronic chronicles of my mouth will work. Uh, again, thank you, David. And we'll see y'all on Thursday. Okay, everybody. Take Thank care. You, Thank you.